you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Welcome to episode 68 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening to our show, we thank you as always for making this show a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And I'm Jordan. And before we begin our show, we want to make sure that you also check out all the other killer podcasts available here on the Mash Shows Buttons Network at www.mashshowsbuttons.com. Get involved with us in In Orbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at inorbitpodcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Destiny 2. The gameplay reveal was here. We had a great time watching it. I think it's safe to say we're all very excited. But we're going to be talking about everything that came, the good, the possible bad, and what our concerns are. Now, obviously, we're going to be spending a lot of time in this show talking about the good, but let's just go ahead and get into it. The first big thing that came up was story. Everybody's been talking about it for a long time. Destiny has a story. Uh, 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 uh. Now, obviously, <laughs> we all know that Destiny has a story. We're all invested in this game. There's a lot of stuff we want to talk about with regards to the story. But it starts off with Zavala. Previously, Zavala didn't do much besides talk in the tower. I mean, in he Vanilla Destiny, yeah, in Vanilla Destiny, he was completely absent from a lot of the activity. Outside of talking before the missions, he wasn't in the Dark Below. He wasn't in the House of Wolves. It wasn't until Taken King that a little bit of Zavala's personality came in. Um, and even then, he wasn't really involved outside of being in the tower or through the comms. Yeah, he was just audio in your earpiece, basically. Exactly. Over here, we we got a reason as to why we're starting to care about Zavala. We start learning about this past. He's resurrected in the in the wreckage of a ship. He gets out. He's immediately confronted with a, a fallen vandal warrior with swords. He gets killed. He gets resurrected. Uses the spear as a walking stick. Is encountered again. by multiple vandals. Dies again. Resurrected. So you're starting to see what this character is about. You can also what see he's the starting emotion, to go through. I think it's cool. The emotion and the conviction. It makes you really invested in him. Right. So he finally gets to the spot where the last city would eventually be constructed. You see early renders or early beginnings of Lord Shaxx. He has the two horns. He has a sack on his shoulder. This is a very basic camp. You're starting to see the speaker in rags, not in the, the nice, elegant cloak like he had in Vanilla Destiny all the way to now. 
He's in rags. He has a ghost next to him. He's he looks like he's preaching some foreign cultist like yeah. thing. It, like it's it seemed a, kind of foreign. Yeah, he's like a box prophet. You know, like right. a dime and a dozen, even though like you a dime a dozen guy. Correct. And even though you only see him for a brief second, like you're starting to get to see the beginnings of the teachings of the speaker, what it's all about. And you eventually see what looks to be one of the battles on the battles of six fronts. This is where House Kings, House Devils, uh, House Winter, I believe there was another house, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting, but also House uh, the, the House of Wolves was supposed to be involved, but they were in- intercepted by the Queen's guards, and I think it was a third of them got wiped out when the Queen attacked them. So you're starting to see pieces of the story that we've read in the Grimoire finally shown in video form, which was way more than I expected. I, I honestly didn't expect them to go back to the Battle of Six Fronts and seeing the effect that it had on the city when it was literally about to be overrun by the Fallen. And in comes the Guardians. They actually stopped the advance They, with the help of the Queen, without them knowing at this point, but with the help of the Queen and, and the House of Wolves. And you're seeing the, the, the perfect trio right there. You have Lord Shax. You have uh, Commander Zavala, and you also have Lord Saladin. And they're just it, it was such an epic pose. There was a great moment where everybody was cheering when the three of them were standing back to back to back, especially after Lord Shax punched the heck out of that Fallen. It was hilarious. I, I actually got a little emotion because I'm like, that's what I wanted to see. It didn't need to be the video, but I needed to see something. Like, make me invo- emotionally invested. And in that moment right there, that video where you're seeing Lord Shax, Lord and and Zavala and and Saladin just defending the city with Cade even involved, and you're seeing the after effects, them building the city, like that is what gets you emotionally involved. Now, I'm really happy with the video. Not everything has to be video, like I've mentioned on the show, even like like the the endings from Soul Calibur, a one image where you hear somebody talking like throughout that image, like paints a picture that's strong, that you're, you're starting to get emotionally invested. You're starting to see what these characters went through. Yes, they are polygons. They're not real people, but you still want a reason for the shooting. Not to say that the shooting itself isn't exciting or anything, but I want some sort of weight as to what I'm doing. And that's what I got right there. That video lasted maybe five minutes, and I, I might be exaggerating a little bit. It might might have been shorter. I don't have the time, but it was really, really well done. It it it, it was easily, easily the best video that has been put out there of Destiny ever. And I'm I'm even counting the, the fantastic videos from Taken King. Like that right there was hands down. Um, just I, I can't even explain how excited I was for Destiny Two story just because of that one video. That's not even taking into account the actual gameplay. But let, let's let's talk about that video. Like, what did you get out of that, Jordan? I a lot of the same things that you got out of it, honestly. It started to get me excited because we're seeing the story that we've been reading in the Grime War in real life with our own eyes. And it was fantastic. It was done really well. It had emotion to it and weight to it. And like you said, it makes me excited to pick up my gun and shoot it now. And it, I, I hope that it's just the tip of the iceberg because 
you know, they do Vidocs usually before mm-hmm. the release of games and big expansions. So I'm hoping that we see more in like a Vidoc um, mm-hmm. that'll expand on it more. And it also, and this is just crazy. This isn't obviously anything I would expect to see them bring out anytime soon, at least. But it almost makes me want to play like a pre-Destiny game, like a like a prequel game. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing all this stuff, I'm like, wow, this looks really epic. And it was really raw. I'm like thinking to myself while I'm watching it, it'd be cool to play through like the build up to the Golden Age, like sort of like be a part of the Golden Age itself and what it was like. I'm curious what it was like. Or I'm sorry, not the Golden Age. I guess it was after I'm totally right in the spoke there but was, you, you you got yeah. what i was trying to say now like i, yeah, I want to you're saying that build up when the tower is being built and they were building the wall and the the struggle that they were going through like you said the speaker was sitting there in rags that mm-hmm. that i i have other thoughts about that, that i probably don't want to <laughs> dive into in the podcasts but um that was interesting in and of itself um and uh just just that I I liked the raw struggle feel that I got from the five, six minutes of video that we got that was essentially showing us what it was like for Zavala and all the guardians and all the people of what what we now know as the last city, uh, what it was like for them before the last city was built and they were essentially quote unquote safe. It was it was fantastic. And I hope we see more. I'm I'm very excited for the Destiny 2 story now. Right. I mean, I I definitely hope that in the future they kind of do explore that in a side like DLC. I, not that I don't want to hear about it. It's just I don't think it's. I personally don't think it should be like the main game. Like like for example, this year we already know we're gonna have Destiny Two, aka Vanilla Destiny Two, um, and then we're gonna have DLCs. So. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if it was one of the DLCs in the future. We're coming up on year four. So let's say in year five, one of the DLCs with whatever main game or the Taken King, whatever it is, plus the DLCs, which I think that they're going to continue based on what seems to be. I mean, I'm 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 already pre I'm I'm going way ahead of of, of what they're what they're at right now, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if based on the success of this game, they're going to continue that process where they'll have a a mid-release with additional DLCs, kind of like what they're doing now and what they did with Vanilla Destiny, where they had the main release and then two additional DLCs. And with the, the amount of support that they have with Vicarious Visions, which we got confirmation that they are working on the PC um, version of Destiny, the how it was released now that vicarious visions the team that they have in vicarious visions is basically an extension of bungie it's not bungie proper but it might as well be um that that leads us to believe that the second company that that's working with them um i completely forgot their name not important high moon but that i'm sorry is it high moon high moon there you go thank you high moon studios i sort of would not surprise me if as we're talking right now with Destiny 2 coming around the corner, High Moon Studios is working on the DLC. That, that's, a, that's a way, like, Bungie worries about the main release, the big epic release that's going to change the engine and all this stuff. And then High Moon comes in and starts working on the DLC using the assets from Bungie. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's an, that's an easy way to get content out so that you have one team focusing on the big meaty release and then the smaller uh, studios working on the PC release, which we already know uh, Vicarious is working on, and High Moon working on the content for the DLC using the assets from Destiny. I have no proof that this is exactly what they're doing, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's exactly what they were doing, considering we know how how much Bungie struggled to put out content from year on going forward. Yeah, it seems logical. That's all we're saying. Right. So going back to the uh, actual reveal that we were ta- we were talking about in this episode. Um, after that, we see the story of you know the tower gets invaded. Zavala looks like a badass again. He puts up the bubble, protects everybody that's in that room. Dude, the um, bubble. That they, the struggle. Yeah. Dude, did you see his face when he's putting out that bubble? He is struggling. Oh You're feeling impact. You're feeling some the weight. He's being the pushed weight back. on Zavala's shoulders. He's being so, pushed back in his exact, bubble, trying to hold it up. Yep. So you're seeing the impact on Zavala's face. He's struggling. There, there's, there's real... Like, this is real good storytelling that we haven't seen from Destiny. And it doesn't always involve words. The look on a character's face. I have to say, the amount of work that they put in the faces of Zavala, in the the faces of Ikora, even in Cade, like, even though Cade's face is pretty stationary, just, like, you can still feel like there's some emotion there. The the way the lights work in in his mouth... The way his face is moving, like the the, the mannerisms that his body has. It, uh, for people who are fans of wrestling, one of the one of the wrestlers, Kane, he had a mask on his face, and he was his emotions were all physical from the body, and it's very similar to that. Where there was great storytelling. I can't believe I used a wrestling reference on the show. I I apologize to every, everybody <laughs> listening right now, but anyway, um. There was great emotion in his body, even just small movements. When he activates the golden gun, like you're feeling that he he understands the gravity of the situation. It feels great. It it, it feels it feels like they did really good work, on, and they're really focusing on the small details to tell story. And I know that I'm looking at a lot from just small motions, or or maybe inferring a lot, but I I can't help but really notice things like this. These are these are things that people look for in storytelling with when it comes to video games, e- even for stuff such as uh, Pixar movies, where it's not an actual person on the screen. You're looking at computer animation. They look at the subtlest things. Uh, one of the most emotionally impactful moments that I've ever seen on the in theaters, that one scene in Toy Spoilers. That one scene in, oh. in Toy Story 3 where they're all holding hands and they're looking somber as they're like slowly going to the fire before they get picked up by the claw. Like, claw. <laughs> We're really going off the rails. Yeah, I'm that, sorry. That, I, I don't even have anything to add there. <laughs> I was but, thinking more animated features because I'm into like, I, I love DC graphic novels. I have all the Batman shit. And I think of some of the facial expressions that they animate in some of the, right. in the in the better, higher quality DC animated films. And it's just, you know, they, they, they take cues from that stuff and they bring it into the video game world. And, and uh, these aren't gameplay um, scenes that we're seeing. These are uh, rendered uh, cut scenes uh, for theatrical purposes. So there's much higher quality to them. And it's 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 amazing like how much 
emotion and how much heft these mm -hmm. facial expressions and body expressions and everything around these characters brings to the the whole scene and what you watch it's 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 really incredible what they did and bungie hit the nail on the head they brought they brought everything to the table they used all the tools at their disposal and they, mm -hmm. they hit it they they hit every single beat perfectly uh in this several minute um like reveal i guess you can call it story reveal I, yeah I, it's, i mean again, it was it was done really really well the the only thing I will say is this, if I'm not mistaken, um, and I, I don't have the information in front of me, so I apologize that I'm bringing this up, but it, it is relevant to the situation. I don't think Bungie themselves created the scene that we're talking about. And um, the reason I say that is there's usually third-party companies that handle uh, full-motion videos. And the reason I know this is because a couple months ago, remember the video that, that was released, the Vex Void video that had the goblin stepping out of the water? That was actually done by a third-party company, and it was leaked from them, or at least somebody there leaked that video for Vex Void. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if that same company was, or another company, or whatever, was working on the videos, kind of like what they did for uh, Taken King. That way, Bungie can worry about the actual the gameplay stuff, and they'll send the third-party company items of the room, what it looks like, what it should look like, and then they'll create the video and send it back. But what's important here is the transition from the full-motion video to gameplay. That's really important, because if you have something that, for example... Let's go, let's go back many, many years ago. Let's go to Final Fantasy VII, where you had these full motion videos where the characters look great. They're, I mean, for its time anyway, they look great. They look human-like. And then you go and you're in gameplay mode, and all of a sudden they got the Popeye arms, and they're just walking around like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. like, like <laughs> that, that kind of, at the time, it, it's acceptable because you know the limitations of the hardware, and you're not there yet with the, the absolute quality graphics but now if something like that were to happen imagine your guardian having popeye arms like you would there would be a disconnect you wouldn't have the same connection that you that you would um as you as as you would with with something that looked right and when it went from the full motion video to where you're in control your guardian is control that that right there you could see that there's there's something there that there's something important there now, just so that everybody's aware, uh, this is from the conversation that Luke Smith and Mark Noseworthy had with Fireteam Chat on the, the actual show floor. What we saw in the video was only a portion of the first mission. There's stuff before, there's stuff during, and then there's stuff after that we haven't seen yet. So the version that we got was kind of a director's cut, if you will. Of the first mission. So there's a lot more that we haven't done in the mission. If you notice that all of a sudden it cuts in and it's kind of fading in. And the very first area where your, um, your, your vault gets destroyed. Like there's a reason because there's stuff that you do before that. I'm guessing that you're going to be going. That you start off in the hangar. You're talking to somebody. All of a sudden the invasion happens. It starts the full motion video that we saw, and then like you're rushing from 
the uh, from the the hangar to the to the main area and you're seeing all this destruction happen that's when you jump in and like you meet up with Zavala we already know that there's going to be a scene where you're meeting up with uh, what's his name Cade cuz we already saw part of the scene in in the video where he's like am i right or am i right and then he's shooting the people the 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 cabal with the golden gun so we already know that there's more in there so what we did see was really exciting because there's a lot it, there's there's a lot of impact there's there's really good stuff happening in in the in the game um like it, it, what could be what could sound a little bit like a like a like a detriment or a, a, a negative to some people it felt a lot like a call of duty story where it, there was a lot of action going on at times it felt like it, you could be involved it couldn't then again for all we know like they could have been doing it with two other guardians at one scene that they activated their supers and they were going on their side they were taking yeah, out was, enemies i'm pretty sure there were three people in that because i saw the little names uh above two other characters right so i'm i'm, I'm not shutting it down but it, at least in the in the video that was shown Again, remember, anything that we talk about is just based on the reveal. We're not criticizing the game. We're only going by the information of the video. So based on what we saw, it almost was a little bit Call of Duty-like, um, where there was a lot of action. It was high suspense. Um, you could definitely be involved. Th th there was way more action in this one scene than has ever been in a... Um, in a Destiny mission up to date. I, I mean, you have a lot of effects going on in the background. There's fire effects. These are ships actually affecting the the geometry. Like, you're seeing things get destroyed. You're, there's fire everywhere. It, it doesn't surprise me. I'm kind of jumping ahead in, in the topics. It doesn't surprise me that this game is only going to run at 30 frames per second on the console because of the amount of processing power for everything all the enemies that are going to be on screen, all your supers, all these particle effects, the the the, the more intense graphics that are going to be there. So, yeah, I mean, I'll go ahead and 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 step back so you can talk uh, based on um, on what we what I was just mentioning. All right. Well, you mentioned Call of Duty, and it's funny. I actually thought the same thing because I played and watched uh, my friend play uh, some of the infinite warfare and it does feel a little bit like infinite warfare and some other games similar to that. Uh, maybe a little bit of, um, uh, you know, I won't go there cause I just forgot the name of the game I was going to reference. Um, but it, it feels like that in a sense that the way they're telling the story while you're playing the game, um, is very similar with all these little, like cut, like these little cuts in between the gameplay um it, it did feel like that in the action like like a base is getting destroyed and it's, it's just pure mayhem but that's not a bad thing because that's one of the things that call of duty does really well so i'm happy to see that and as long right. as they're doing it in a destiny style so it's not like they're ripping off call of duty you know it's just like saying like a movie made today rips off the, the a movie style from like 10 years ago it's like who the hell cares it was done really well you know right. you're, you're gonna you're gonna see those types of parallels you know and it, it's sort of like an imitation as a form of flattery in my uh, in my opinion, so that that was a good thing. I love the way they did that. Um, the thirty frames per second thing has been a hot topic. I don't want to get into that. We'll, we'll save we'll another podcast. We'll save that for later. We'll save that for later. All right. We'll, All right. Well, if you just, want to talk about it, well, I just you mentioned it. I was just I'm glad because yeah. they mentioned 
Luke and Mark, Luke Smith and we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the thirty frames per second later. Let's let's just talk about the impressions of the the, you the, the it scene up. in front. Of <laughs> yes, but I, I, I let's just focus on the scene right now. So the actual scene. Uh, once the main main part happens, we see the speaker. He's not no longer there. He's gone. We don't know what that means if he's dead. They Most really likely left a lot out there with the speaker because, the, like right. I said, it was just the he's gone. Right, and and I'm not trying to speculate on the story, but it seemed weird that that was the biggest part of the the, the tower that seemed to be missing. And the main attack came from, if you're going towards the Hall of Guardians, from the glass side forward, and the speaker's tower is on the other side. So it seemed weird that that was the first place that was completely gone off the tower. I'm not trying to start speculation, but it just seems interesting. I'm, so, sure, I'm sure it was a plot device. So. I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that, that there's more there than the, the meets the eye, so... We'll see what that leads to. It, it seems very fishy. I don't know what that means. For all we know, the cabal could have invaded, you know, hijacked them and whatever. But we'll see where that goes. So it, it, finally, the big door in the tower opens up. And you go through and you're, you, you go meet up with Amanda Holiday, and you go on the ship. In the ship, you fight a couple cabal. There's a major that, that's out there. Um, the unbent blade, I forget his Braun, the unbent blade, I believe it was his name. And he used the, the the warlock in the video uses his super, uses the, the the blade, just completely annihilates him. He had a lot of health. He was getting destroyed by by all the guns, and then all of a sudden he activates his super and boom. Yeah, kills him really, really, really quickly. So what I'm glad about with regards to this video, and again, gonna dive into a little speculation. We have no proof on this. But here's here's the situation that we know. The the three new supers are kind of replacing, at least based on what we've seen, the Sun Singer, the Defender, and the Blade Dancer. So in its place are the is the um, uh, the Sentinel, the Arcs. I forget what their supers names are. You should know. You you corrected me last time. Yeah, I I don't have it up in front of me either. I just realized I forgot to pull that up. But you, that the well, Sentinel is the one I remember because he's Captain America. Right. Um, I'll look it up. Let's keep going. Okay. So he, the the new supers are replacing the, the, those old ones at least based on what we've seen. Uh, Golden Gun is is coming back. Um, from what we've seen, what we've heard, Night Stalker is coming back. The striker is back in a big way, in a completely different way. Um, very, very powerful. We'll talk about that later. And uh, the the um, sunbreakers are coming back. And the, it doesn't surprise me that the new supers are coming back. I'm, the new ones from Taken King are coming back. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, one of the videos, I distinctly remember hearing the the clank from the sunbreaker. I didn't see the sunbreaker in action, so. I may be wrong, but it, it, it just seemed really, it, it seemed interesting that I heard that clank in one of the videos. It may have been in the background. Someone was using it. Um, so real quick, right. we have the Solar Warlock class, Dawn Blade. We have yep. the Void Titan class, Sentinel. And we have the Arc Hunter class, Arc Strider. 
And those are right. the, those are the three that we were referencing. Sorry, we were just to just to note real quick, we are re-recording an episode because of some technical difficulties. So don't mind us if we are a little uh bleh. <laughs> right. But the, the the really interesting thing about all these supers is they're not so much defensive passive. The 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 per bungee, the original intention of the supers was to encourage you to be active and and really push forward and be aggressive. And what ended up happening with a lot of these supers is you ended up being very passive. You you weren't as uh, active. You weren't pushing forward. Um, For example, Sun Singers, they rarely use their super because they wanted to be able to use their super to resurrect themselves. Defenders, you saw a lot of times they would just get in the bubble and stay in the bubble. So now with the with the uh, with the new def- the new defender the the, uh, the sentinel, um, you you see that yes you can defend with your with your uh, shield but you're also more active you're throwing the shield you're mobile you're, you're, yeah you're mobile you're, you're moving around you you're encouraged to move forward while still being able to tank quote unquote a couple hits. And block shots and and help defend your team. Even um, one of the things that we were going to talk about was you have uh, an innate ability for your for your class. For example, the striker was able to generate a shield in front of them that people could go and hide behind, kind of a, a ward of dawn, if you will. Except it was more like it was just a wall. Uh, Think of the it depression. was a wall, the mobile little wall that you can build. It's essentially that, but it's out of it's made out of arc light. Right. So there, there's, there, there, there's ways to get around things. Uh, for example, weapons of light isn't going to be a factor, but if you're the Dawn Striker or whatever, what's the Warlock Super again name? That is the Dawn Blade. Yeah, sorry. Dawn they're, Blade, they're I'm sorry. Confusing because they're start, all these things start to yeah. together now. I'm sorry, guys. I'll That's put it fine. together. But if, if you're a Dawn Blade, um, the two options that you have available are you can create a a quote-unquote sunspot, and people that stand inside of it either get their health back up based on what you choose, or it's like a weapons of light. You get an empowerment of light, and you get to do more damage to things. Yeah. So I like the way that those things are, are coming into play. It feels like they're more... They're better equipped for PvE, and they encourage different things um, mm. for different activities. Did you see the PvP gameplay with those... Um... This, I, I guess this, the striker walls, that's pretty powerful stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, and that's how these it are, should be. These latent subclass abilities are a great add to the game because, like you said, they're allowing the supers to be aggressive now. They're all mobile. Um, and I think that's, I think getting rid of the ones that are supposedly no longer in the game, I don't think there was like 100% confirmation or right. the, there was 100% we're, confirmation. That we're not confirming that they're gone. Yeah. We're just, based gone. on what we've seen, yeah. they weren't available. There was a, there, there was supposed confirmation from like other sources, like the people that were there right. um, playing the game, but not from Bungie themselves. And But it's weird because there's, we'll probably wait, have to wait till next week because there's like all, there's a lot of confliction in regards to that because a lot of people are asking if they're going to come back and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. But anyway. Yeah, the these latent subclass abilities are awesome because now you've gained these very aggressive supers that we've seen are very powerful and they they look awesome. They're dynamic. Um, hopefully, add some new elements to the game and the use of supers. 
these latent mm-hmm. subclass abilities have actually added uh, a little bit of a uh, support role to everything. It looks like, which is so, good. Yeah, it's good. I so mean, you can you, you have a little bit of that like other side. You can get aggressive or be supportive without having to dedicate to a specific subclass. At least that's the way it looks from what we've seen so far. Right. And and that's what I wanted to see more of. I mean, let, let's face it, outside of the Night Stalker Hunter, a lot of the stuff, even the, even in supporting roles, for example, Weapons of Light uh, or Blessing of Light, needed you to be in a specific area and you couldn't be all that mobile. Now, with these, it feels a lot more like you can put in different areas and move in different locations and 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 really be an asset to your team. No longer is being a warlock a hindrance in PVE. For example, in in today's PVE environment, hunters are very viable because of their uh, night stalker tethering to do extra damage to bosses and to control enemies. And titans are very very valuable because of additional damage with their with their weapons of light and blessing of light. But warlocks outside of Song of Flame. Which causes abilities to 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 really come up um, weren't all that supportive. Like it, it was it was pretty hard to to get an actual support from an, from a from a from a sun singer, especially when they're trying to save their super to for resurrection. So now now with these abilities, it, it like putting down a pool of light so that you can generate your health or or do extra damage. That's really strong. That's 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 a very good thing to have. It encourages people to to basically form up and and, and have better teams. I, I I like what what happened there. So anyway, let's move on. Um, so the mission ends. We're introduced to Gaul, and we we learn what the the meaning of the invasion is. It's not so much revenge for the dreadnought. It's the Red Legion. They got information about the the, the the Guardians. Gaul is full aware of the Traveler and what he means. Which also seems weird because based on what we've heard about the Cabal, they just go around destroying planets and moons just for getting in their way. There's no, There's been no rhyme or reason to the Cabal. They just destroy things, gather resources, do what they need to do, and then they get out. Yeah, but yeah, here I, this is an actual invasion. That like like this is atypical of the cabal. He and and he being the Gaul, he being Gaul, he is actually going after the traveler. He's been raised to believe that he was destined to be the greatest, and he's very clearly learned about the traveler. He's learned about the guardians. It wouldn't surprise me if when we invaded the dreadnought. And that distress signal happened that he learned that, hey, the Guardians are here or the Traveler's here. Things are happening. And he sent his Red Guard and, and he goes, obviously, himself to in- invade Earth and gather the, the Traveler to be able to harness its power. Yeah. And when and they put I, that giant clamp on it, they siphon the power or, or they shut the power off and the Guardians no longer have the light. They don't have access to the light. So we're, we're, we're seeing... We're seeing meaning beyond just random revenge or, or, or disgust. Like, there is an actual reason for an invasion. And I'm excited to see what Pazgal take. Because the first time when, when you see him and in, in, you're trying to deactivate the shield generator. And he's like, your journey ends now. 
and that deep voice. I was like, oh my god, yes. So I'm I'm excited to see this this boss. It's very very interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it you mentioned the dreadnought, and it's cool because what we're learning now about the storyline and what we're learning now about Gaul ties in with what we saw in the Taken King very well. You know, the fact that he was there, or I, I guess sending his troops there, is what we we're led to believe. No, assume now. no, the Red Guard is a completely separate. It's a new type of cabal, a different legion. We haven't encountered them at all. Well, right, but the but Gaul knew what was going on the Dreadnought, right? He, it, for, we don't know yet. I, we can I, only I assume that the right. But what I'm saying is, I think what I think it's connected now. I think what we're seeing is the connection between, or a, another a connection between what we did or saw in Destiny One and what's going to happen in Destiny Two. They were in the they were the Cabal were attacking the Dreadnought, and I think. My one of my theories is that they were attacking the dreadnought in order to stop the hive from taking the traveler and killing it or damaging it or whatever because they wanted mm. it. Gaul wanted it. I think that that's one of my theories of a, poss- a possible story tie-in from Destiny One to Destiny Two, and why uh, the I don't, I don't were think, getting involved, getting involved with the hive. I don't think that that's the uh, that's the case. I I I, I don't think the cab- the cabal that were there knew of the Traveler or what it does. Otherwise, they wouldn't have invaded in the one strike, the Shield Brother strike, which, as Cade mentioned, if they blow up the core, it destroys half the system, theoretically taking out the Traveler. So, Gaul, knowing, knowing Gaul, that would not be one of his things to do. He would, he would immediately call that off and be like, yo, you need to stop right now. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's not going to... That'll destroy the Traveler. Yeah, I didn't think about it in that regard. I thought maybe... I would think maybe that the at that point the brothers were sort of acting on their own and just saying hit the effort button. But yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good reason why they that that wouldn't tie in. Um, I do think that the tie-in is that Gaul did get the was a recipient of the message that was yeah. sent to the Cabal Emperor, and the Cabal Emperor, you know, looked at this information or or Gaul stole the information or whatever, and decided to act on that. Like reading the information, getting a reading of the system. He was like the traveler, what I've been looking for. This is what I needed. Like, like then he beelines it. I I, I, am, and I'm not trying to stir the pot in the storyline, but what if he got a secret message from someone who is directly involved with the traveler? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, a lot of what you're saying sort of leans towards my second point, where the I, I'm not even so sure Gaul was. It hasn't been confirmed because you don't know the whole story yet. But Gaul is not. He's not like the emperor of the Cabal. Correct. So no, no, he, he's, he's the leader he's of the, the leader Red of the Red Guard. Yeah, or the Red. The, the, the sorry, Red, Red Legion. Is it the Red? It's the Red Legion, right? Um, Red Legion, Red Guard. I, I believe that they're, they're one and the same. I, I may be mis- mispronouncing yeah, whatever that faction of Cabal. Invading Earth, he's the leader of that. Yeah. And, Dominus Skull. Yeah. And the whole thing with him believing that he, is, the Traveler is is his, I guess, a good general way to put it. I find that interesting as well because it does seem to go against everything that Cabal uh, are and are about um, from what we know, which isn't a whole lot. And it seems like we're going to learn a lot about the Cabal or at least this new Red Guard or Red Legion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what the storyline is like for Goal. Um, I find it really, really cool that they're they're bringing in different types of Cabal. We we've seen um, the Gladiators; those are the ones with the swords. Yeah, the way I they forget the name of the dog at you. That looks like it'll be fun to deal with. Right, I forget the name of the dogs. I, I saw them for a brief second in in one of the strikes when somebody died because the dog chased them. But what, whatever the case, so at least we have two new types of enemies. I believe there was a third, too. Um, and, uh, and it may just be a regular, a, a third new Cabal enemy. One of them was in the main mission, or the, 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 the homecoming mission, where it looked like he had some sort of explosive on his back. Whatever the case, not important. We know that we're getting new types of, of Cabal and it's going to be interesting to see now that we know that there's this is for me anyway at least interesting where you have the, the regular legionary then you have your centurions which are the step above you have colossuses which kind of occupy that same spot usually yeah. centurions are like your lieutenants and then you have the vowels which are the next step above they control their their little group over there Above them are the Valises, like Valis to Arik and Valis Arun and different other ones. Then you have your Primuses, and now you have Adominus, which it, it's, if I'm not mistaken, they are the ones who control an actual entire army fort, like Legion. Like, for example, Dominus Gaul right here, he controls the entire, everything that was shooting, he controls that all. So I, I, it, it's really interesting because it, it almost feels, Roman slash U.S. military like, where you have different ranks. That yeah, he's like everybody's the five star following general. in line. He's he's like a five star general. He's in charge of the entire army. He is he is he's going to go after you, and he is just going to mess you up. And I'm just I'm I'm really intrigued by by this. Like it feels military, it feels Roman like. Like like it, it, it's really interesting how how it's going to play out. And I'm interested from a storyline perspective. Um, I, I can't, I mean, we've been talking about this for about 40 minutes right now. I can't, I can't say any more that would get me or anybody else more excited. I'm really, really excited for destiny Two, just based on story. Like the, the story looks amazing. It feels like we're, it, we're going into something really, really epic that we're going to get destroyed and we're, we really have to band together and, and get a new power and to reclaim the light so that we can take on Dominus Skull and his Red Legion and reclaim the Earth. And and that is just absolutely fantastic. I, that, that small snippet of Homecoming, I've replayed that video at least 50 times, showed it to everybody around me, showed my dad. He thought it was a summer blockbuster film. And I was like, no, this is what I'm going to be doing in September. It was like, oh, snap, okay. And it, it, it felt really, really cool to see uh, that on screen. This is what we've been waiting for. It really feels like we, we've, we've been, quote unquote, invaded before by the Taken, but it always felt that we were still safe. Oryx was a threat, but he was far away. Like, this is in our face. He is att attacking our home. We are driven out, and we have to, be, we have to go back in. So... Yeah, I'm I'm just absolutely speechless, and I'm I'm really really excited to see what happens in the future. Yep, same.
All right. So with that, let's go ahead and take a quick break and talk about Mash Those Buttons. Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on all the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the other killer podcasts available today on the Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. All right. And with that, let's go ahead and talk about the new strikes and knife falls. Well, new strike that we know about because with regards to the knife falls, the only thing that we heard is that there is a possibility of knife fall strikes, kind of like what we talked about on the show. They said new new strikes, new nightfall strikes. They they emphasize a split with that. So it might not be the nightfalls that we know and love right now, quote unquote love. It might be something completely separate. And that's what got me really excited. I'm really excited to see the new possibilities for strikes in Destiny 2. Uh, but with regards to Destiny 2, the strike that they did show... Um, this was, for all intents and purposes, a nightfall, I mean, a, a regular strike. The name of the strike was the Inverted Spire. And the way it starts off, you, you go into an area, um, I believe it was on Nessus, don't quote me on there. Regardless, you go into an area that's almost Venus-like, I guess you could say. It was, it was, it was, it was a more subdued... Right. It was a more subdued colored, but it, it, it still felt Venus-esque. Um, and you were fighting, um, at first, both Cabal and Hive. And the enemies, they did, they did change a little bit. The one Minotaur at the beginning, it looked like he had a sniper beam that was coming after you. Uh, the Scions, those Scions look absolutely ridiculous, let me tell you. They have some sort of weird sniper rifle laser beam, whatever, that, that I could see easily just completely annoying you real quick because you're like, these small things are going to piss me off. <sighs> but anyway... I thought those next snipers were bad. I agree. These are going to be worse because I think they're going to yeah. be mobile and they're going to hit you quicker and from different angles. A little smarter. AI looks a little bit better in this game. AI does definitely looks like it's a little bit more... It's changed a little bit. A um, couple of the, the shield... Uh, Cabal, they have new abilities, like it's not just holding the shield down. They hold the shield down, they also activate side shields. Yeah. So it's a wide variety energy of shields shield. that are Yeah, a really big energy shield. I don't know if the enemies can shoot through it, but I, I'm assuming that with a shield like that, like down. we can take it down. Yeah, it looked like you um, could but, actually hit it and weaken it and then take it down. Right. So it's interesting to, to see these kinds of changes to um the cabal and to the vex um i don't well, want to what about the what about the environment in the strike we talked about how the environment changes earlier i think this strike gave us an even better look at how they've improved the environment and how you interact with it in a battle in gameplay scenario because when you're when you're jumping around in that pit where I think that's where you were thinking about this, some of the snipers and the cabals with sh the cabal with the shields. Um, no, the, well, the cabal with the shields you deal with really at, right at the beginning. 
right before you activate the spire to jump across the, the little islands. Right. Now, with, in terms of what you're talking about, so you start off in a jungle-like area, kind of like on Venus, Vex style. So you still have the trees with some weird Vex architecture. And you jump across and, and you go through the little uh, catapult teleporters, whatever you want to call them. And you get to the other side and you start getting into more Vex heavy territory. And then it's broken up with a giant cabal drill. So then now you're getting more cabal influences. Yeah. And you go down to an area where there's a giant drill coming down. And this drill can kill you. So you want to avoid it. So you have the dogs that are chasing you. You, you see the drill digging into rock. You get down below all that and, and you go into the area where the inverted spire is. And it feels like a, a, a kind of like the echo chamber style where you're going down in the area. It's a little bit brighter, more blues and purples. And, and you finally uh, come face to face with the boss. And the boss is this giant minotaur-like guy who kind of has the same mannerisms as Atheon. He does the he does put his hand up and he teleports and he's moving around you. So there's there's a couple more interesting things there. You're dealing with harpies that are shooting you. Uh, when you do enough damage to them, he he just he activates the ground below you. So you, you now you have to go to a different area and there's enemies around you again. You have to clear them out. He deactivates that the ground again and you go down to another area and now he's in the middle. You're all around him. You have all these enemies around you, and it's it. The, the strike looked fun. It it really did. Yeah, that three part boss to... fight looks amazing, and that's that's where yes. I really saw the AI improvement, especially with the boss fight. Made me think of the Dark Blade, uh, a la cool. When we fight him, the way he moves around and reacts to you and chases you down towards the end, and mm -hmm. he gets pissed and he pops his helmet off and shows a little brain pulsating underneath. Um. This guy moved around a little bit. He seemed to react to you, chase you down, just like you, a, a, you know, a, a, an enemy combatant should. I thought that was mm -hmm. awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing what else they have up their sleeves. Hopefully, this isn't one of those cases where they showed one of the best strikes or the best strike. Um, hopefully, the other ones are just as dynamic because um, if so, man, this is going to be a lot of fun to play. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to poo-poo the strike. Um... Because it was really cool to see um, the different... I was more excited for the area leading up to the final boss than the final boss himself. Even though the final boss was really dynamic and different, it wasn't too much different from what we've seen from a Destiny boss. Um, it, 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 the difference was that he was moving around you. And he was trying to get you from all different sides. And on the last area, when you're on the island... Um, he could affect the environment and 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 cause fire. It's not exactly like, uh, oh, the, the Uroks, the Flame Prince from Prison of Elders, where you have to jump up because the fire's on fire. Or the it's like an AOE type of uh, <laughs> no, attack. Right. The, the floor is on fire, not the fire's on fire. Well, the fire's on fire. <laughs> the, the, the fire's on fire, you know. But uh, but the, the the ground was literally on fire. You had to jump up and avoid the the shock. That happens that, that's caused by um, the boss. And, and, and so there was the, there was definitely difference there, but there was a lot of similarity. And I'm not saying it's completely terrible that there wasn't too much difference. 
but I kind of was looking a little bit more from these strikes. Um, and I did see it in the actual lead up to the boss, but I was also hoping for more mini bosses, kind of breaks in between, like a mini leader, not, not exactly the general, like a lieutenant that you could get some sort of drop from. That way you use, you use that stuff to level yourself up while you're getting to the final boss. Kind of like what they do in different MMOs where you have all these mini bosses and then the final boss of the strike. I like the length. It feels longer and, and meatier than a regular strike. And it looked like it could be difficult, especially if it was uh, a heroic strike. I just, the, the final boss, not that it was completely disappointed. I don't want people to think that I hated it. I just think I, I, I needed to see a little bit more um, to really be over the wall impressed with the strike. Um, so it, it, I'm, I'm excited to see how they, how they go about strikes in the future. And I want to see other strikes. This is, this definitely does look fun. I just, I, I wanted to see more. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying about the boss feeling like a destiny boss. And that is sort of, that's a, that's a little bit of a negative there, but he is one of the, if, if you were to compare him to the current strike bosses that we have. Oh, he's way better. Yeah. He's, he's way better than what we have. That's, that's what I'm saying. And, um, yeah, it would be nice to see like the strike bosses, like a Scion Flare type of boss that was real dynamic mm -hmm. and rain around even more than those guys did. Because even th they are pretty stationary uh, mm -hmm. honest, and uh, slightly boring, especially when you can sword them to death in five seconds. Um, right. But yeah, the, this I guy doesn't this... look like somebody you can get up close to. and, and No, no, he, he's not letting you get up close and he's constricting the play area. So, I mean, that's I, I, I think. I think if we see a strike boss that's got a larger area for the final fight, I think we're going to see, mm -hmm. we see this type of um, more dynamic AI um, integrated into the boss fights. I'm hoping that we see a larger boss fight area in some of the other strikes with a boss that moves around a lot more is a real pain in the butt to fight. I mean, that I want to see, I want to see a challenge in the way the boss fights you. Uh, not in the amount of damage you need to put in the boss. And it looks like they're going in the right direction. I can see this boss for the inverted spire being a real hassle in Nightfalls because of the fact that he constricts the play area like he does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, that was the strike, the inverted spire. I'm excited to see what it's like. Um, and I'm excited to get my hands on it. Mm -hmm. um let's go ahead and talk about pvp since that was the next thing that was available and with regards to pvp it's very focused on primary and i'm really excited to say that um so people who don't know and who haven't read stories about it um there's no longer primaries secondaries and heavy weapons you now have kinetic you have energy and you have power weapons your kinetics are everything that you have right now in your primaries, your auto rifles, your pulse rifles, your scout rifles, and your, I'm missing one, hand cannons. Included in that are submachine guns and also sidearms. Sidearms are now a primary or kinetic weapon, I should say. Then you have your energy weapon slot, which is everything that could be a, a kinetic weapon. You could get an energy weapon version of that, which is one with an element, your adept version, if you want to call it that. Um, that would be in your secondary slot. So you could have an auto rifle that's arc and then switch over to a kinetic hand cannon. Now, this allows for, for greater involvement of 
that shield that, that I was talking about. One of the things that I've always liked in Destiny 1 were these enemies that had those those shields. Only problem was it didn't really come into play in, in terms of the game. Um, too often we had, you know, situations where they weren't even useful. For example, when you were doing um, the King's ra- uh, King's Fall raid, you had those wizards, but most of the time people didn't even bother with a solar weapon. You just had somebody, you know, shoot her with a with the auto rifle until it comes down and kills her. So, not that not that I, I want to see com- that that completely removed, but I want there to be an incentive to using an energy weapon, and I hope that. In this game, there's going to be a lot more incentive to, to, for example, take down the shield with an auto rifle and then switch to your hand cannon when they're rushing you and pop them real quick for some quick damage now that the shield's down. I want to see more more usage of that shield. Yeah. So, I mean, if they had that type of mechanic, and again, back to the AI, mm-hmm. improvements in the AI where you take down the shield of an enemy and he changes the way he fights you and attacks you and gets more aggressive, mm-hmm. that would be right. really cool. Yeah. So in, in Crucible, this also comes into play from what we've seen and from what we've heard with the supers. So if, let's say, you have somebody coming at you with the Dawn Blade, if you switch over to a an energy weapon that's solar, if I'm not mistaken, you're going to be doing more damage to that person, kind of like as, as if they were having the solar shield in as a PvE opponent. So there's incentive to be using the correct um, energy weapon for that slot. Right. Heavy weapons are now everything that was a special weapon plus everything that was a heavy weapon. Your fusion rifles, your shotguns, your snipers, except sidearms, those those don't come into play. But those three are now heavy weapons, or power weapons, I should say. Your rocket launchers, your uh, machine guns, your, um, your heavy fusions. We don't know where swords come into play yet. We know that there will be swords, because they are a pre-order bonus. We don't know if they come into play as an energy weapon or if they're a power weapon. So I'm not going to throw them into the power weapon slot right now because I honestly don't know. But it wouldn't surprise me if they are a, a power weapon and they have more varieties such as kind of playing the uh, Dead Man's game, Dead Man's Hand game, which is from Zelda where you reflect things back to the boss. Um, and other other things that you could do with that weapon so we'll go ahead and save swords for later on but let's go back to the main topic um you now have to make a decision do i want a lot of ammo that can one hit kill somebody or do i want you know a big blast radius in a couple rounds to clear out enemies now you have to make that tough decision do i want a sniper rifle or do i want a rocket launcher do i want a fusion rifle or do i want a machine gun do i want a grenade launcher which is one of those new power weapons, or do I want to be able to use a shotgun? Like, and it'll tell people if you do, in fact, pick up the ammo. The ammo pops up every 30 seconds, from what we've seen, every 30 seconds in a specific area, and you have to make the decision. So do I want to get up close and personal, take somebody out with my hand cannon, or do I want to, you know, push in and do some damage? So there's a, I'm excited to, to play with Crucible with all these different changes. Um, for example, the Fist of Havoc super, um, you, you still have that that first giant impact, and then you're running around. It's an area of, you're running around, and you see somebody, you can quote-unquote shoulder charge them and you know take them out with an energy blast. 
or you can punch them and, and do extra damage. Like, yeah, it's, 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 it's actually it's a, like super. a meld between the um, Fist of Havoc and right. the um, the Solar Titan. The hammer. Because, yeah, the Hammer Titan, because you can run around and you, you have a continuously draining super bar now with a little little bit of variety to your attacks. Right. And with the new energy weapons, like, even if, let's say, you have uh, the, a Fist of Havoc Titan, you know, ch- chasing you... Or in front of you, like with these energy weapons, you can team shoot one and bring them down. So I'm seeing balance there. Like it, it's not this is your the, the end all be all. You're going to right. be destroyed if you play stupid. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I believe that they are using power weapons. Isn't there something with power weapons and supers there to balance that out a little bit? Power weapons. Uh, if if you if you're using a super. Or I'm sorry, if if people are roaming with a super power weapons do extra damage to help balance. No, that was that the out. energy weapons that I was talking weapons? about. Okay. That's why I, I wanted to bring that up because I I thought I heard that as well. So it's the energy weapons. Okay. Yeah. So also with the crucible, um, some things that were noted from the gameplay, uh melee's three hit kill instead of two mm-hmm. hit kill. That's uh that's interesting. Um and then grenades, uh, stickies, which have been uh, always always a source of salt and sodium in the community, right. apparently are not an instant kill anymore. Correct. So that's that's interesting as well. But overall, PvP has been getting rave reviews. So um, from what I've seen, it's balanced. I love, love, love the primary gameplay because I am one of those oddballs in the Crucible that run around with their primary i run around with like you know okay i run around with the hand cannon i know uh, i run around with mita or whatever i happen to be using at the time i almost never switch to my sidearm in fact i sometimes forget i have a sidearm or whatever special i have equipped on me with ammo and uh i very often times will forget to pick up heavy or purposely will not pick it up because I enjoy just using my primary and running and gunning. So I think this new crucible will be a hit with me and hopefully for others, they'll like it as well. I know the people in the community that I got a chance to play, it seem to like it. So I got high hopes. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I really hope and I have no proof of this, but it, it seems like aim assist changed. And I hope that they didn't make aim assist an intru- like one of those hidden perks. I never understood why why these different guns had aim assist as a perk. Um, but what I mean by that is there were a lot of people hip firing and getting shots. Like that, like, oh my God, I actually pointed my gun and it shot and it hit. Wow. Like, and I mean, for a hand cannon, th- this would like, I'm seeing people hip fire hand cannons. That's not a common thing in the Crucible. Usually you're, you're ADSing, for people that don't know, aiming down sights. Um, you're aiming, quote-unquote. So I'm seeing a lot more AD, I mean, hip-firing rather than ADSing in Destiny 2. And that's actually really, really good. Um, I'm, I'm, that means that shots are landing. And that's a big concern that we had here on the show. That's a big concern that, we've, that people have expressed. So we're, we're seeing signs of change and and this is this is good this is really really good um i mean a lot of the stuff from the crucible the uh the new gameplay mode which was basically a combination of elimination and salvage so 
for a lot of people who played uh, Call of Duty, uh, they I believe it was Seek and Destroy. I'm, I'm, I, I don't play Call of Duty, so I apologize. But it it, it felt like a good game mode. Um, I'm not sure how, how I would react to it. I have to actually play it to really get a good feel. Um, but from what I saw, it was it was an engaging game mode. You couldn't just stay back and hide. Um, you had to go out there 4v4. You know, you have to work as a team. Revive your teammates. You know, stop the the other team from either planting their their bomb or you know dismantle the mine. Or it, it felt like like they were trying to encourage team play, and and that's what I'm looking for. I'm really looking for a lot of things, and so far from what I've seen for Crucible, they really really hit it out of the park. I was waiting to use that. I'm sorry. Um. So yeah. Wait, what happened? I just what are your Okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Crucible? I already told you my thoughts. Jesus, we're really falling apart here. Um, no, I'll I, summarize I mean... my thoughts on Crucible. I love it. What I saw so far is great. Primary gunplay, pew pew. That's my that's my game, man. I love I love primary gunplay. Like I said before, um, that's that. I, I I often forget about the other weapons in my stash, and I often uh, forget about. I, I use grenades. That's one of my favorite things. I love grenades. Mm-hmm. I actually like smacking people around with my melees. Um, mm-hmm. I am a dirty warlock, but I play Voidwalker, so I, I I don't do tickle fingers. Um, so I don't feel as dirty as most. Um, the uh, yeah, the new Crucible looks fun. Like you said, that seek and destroy that they showed off. Oh my god. That is a good game mode because it is going to force people to actually play and not sit back. If you do not get into the mix, you will lose, guaranteed. And that is uh, that is the way the Crucible should be. That is the way people should be playing the Crucible. They need to be getting active. And if you want to get better at Crucible, if you're not a good PvP player, that's how you get better. You engage other players that are better with you. And they kill you, and you learn how to not get killed slowly. And it is slow, mm-hmm. but it is fun. So have fun with it, guys, because we're going to get it pretty soon. And hopefully we're going to see a little PvP in the beta when it comes. Right. So uh, the next thing I want to touch on going back to PvE is the reason we're going to back to PvE now is because there's not much information that we have beyond what was revealed. We know that Patrol is coming back, a new and improved Patrol. Um, we know that public events are coming back, new and improved public events. But included in those are going to be new towns that you get to go to, and everything is accessible yes. from patrol. Everything is, is, is on patrol. So if you want to do a strike and you're in a group of fire team, rather than going back to the director and then going there, no, you can just go straight to the area with the strike and activate the strike. That is what I wanted to see. We talked about it a lot on this show. Like I, I wanted to see patrol become an extension of or where you get to go to things. I don't mind the, that if you want to go to to orbit to get things, but like I want like it, it, it that that whole thing of going to orbit kind of put a um, a hamper on things. Like it felt like you were constricted. Like it felt like a, there was disconnect between what you were doing and every single different thing. And I want things to feel like it's part of one big entity. Like like every all these small things are leading up to a giant goal. Kind of like what you do in Zelda, like when you complete this side mission, when you complete this thing, or Horizon, for example, when you complete these these different things, it affects the story in some way, shape, or form. 
and you're not always going to a different area you can fast travel or whatever but you can like all these things lead up and it felt like when you were doing missions it was just like side missions leading and then once that's done you go back to orbit you, and then you go to another mission and it, and even though the area is completely different it felt like it was a there was a disconnect so it didn't oh, yeah. feel like so i i i like the fact that you could you could access anything yeah but I think for think me, about it this way, anytime you give someone a chance to check their Facebook, Twitter, and Discord in between doing missions or whatever in a game, you, by that point, you've already forgotten what you're doing in the game. So mm. it, they're, they're taking that, they're not, they're taking that, uh, that away from us, but they're giving us more engagement in the game by right. making everything smooth. And it was so disjointed before. We just got used to it, but I think we're going to, this is going to be a, a breath of fresh air in regards to the gameplay and the fluidity of it. Uh, we're going to sit there after. I hope I hope that after we sit here and play Destiny Two in a couple months, that we look back at Destiny One and be like, "Holy crap! How did we put up with that for so long?" Right. That's that's what I'm hoping. And the towns. Oh my god! I I I don't want to pound my chest about the towns but holy crap i love the fact that they showed that i was like that was like one of my number one things it's like i want to see what's outside i want to see these settlements and what's going on outside mm -hmm. of the walls i wanted to go in the city it looked like that you may end up in this the last city too at some point um a bit it, it, the gameplay that they showed it sort of looked like you were you like broke out into the city but it, i couldn't tell if it was that or if it was like just lower sections of the tower you know what I'm talking about? No, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I honestly don't know. I don't. I, I, I think that we're gonna I, be. I had a chance, but yeah, it's the towns and all that stuff. Everything you said about the patrol, it just looks. It, it looks like it's gonna be a much more fluid, more engaging experience overall, yeah, which and, is awesome. And the big thing I wanted to bring up with regards to the towns or with regards to the patrol is that it's part of a larger map. These maps are huge and they're you while while you're on patrol or doing the mission, you can see what's around you, what 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 you'll be doing, what's next to you, what's close by. All of a sudden, you know, let's say I need to go to building A or sector A, I will I I know exactly where sector A is and I can go that way, which was something missing in Destiny 1. Um, now, because we played it so much, we know exactly where Sky Skyfall is, or the, the 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 opening area, or whatever. But like for for people starting in, like let's say you're in in the Dreadnought, where's the mausoleum? Like which way do I go? And it's a complete crapshoot unless you have somebody guiding you to the mausoleum. The mausoleum is the area where um where you you can go into. The cabal ship or you can go towards the jail area so a lot of people didn't know what the mausoleum meant like some people might go over here and like now there's because of the map like let's say that there's something that needs to be collected going back using the example of the dreadnought let's say that you have a quest that you need to go to the mausoleum you can look in your map oh, okay the mausoleum is down this way we go down this way we get it okay good so the, like like it, it, these these are important things and, and i'm glad to see them in the game but most excitingly, in my opinion, is this whole concept of Lost Sector, a dungeon that's out there. And I'm not expecting a, I mean, we may get it. I don't I have no proof of this, but I'm not expecting big giant bosses that completely obliterate you like from a raid. It would be very cool if there were a couple Lost Sectors that did have that. But I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating at least, you know, 
some a possible going through a lost sector that gets you an exotic like yo where did you get that gun well i went to the lost sector that's over here in sector a and if you go down there's a hidden rock that you go through there's a lost sector over there if you go over there you can get that yo cool thanks and like like that kind of interaction like that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for more excitement when it comes to these dungeons like there's not enough for us destiny the thing that corresponds in an mmo to a strike is the dungeon and uncovering the secrets and when you're playing something like for example horizon zero dawn there's a corrupted area that usually has tougher enemies like that's what i'm looking for some sort of area a secret area that i can go to whenever i wanted to and clear those enemies out and get a reward of some kind. That's what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm hoping to see that in in Destiny uh, 2. And, and that's, I'm excited to see what these Lost Sectors are all about. I, I'm really, really excited. Yeah, that was cool. That was a good ad. And the treasure maps. They mentioned something about treasure maps, which I don't think they dove into. But I believe that was separate from the Lost Sectors, correct? Uh, I mean, you'll, you'll get treasure maps to find treasure. Uh, they haven't really specified anything. Uh, they didn't go too deep into this, uh, what, what the treasure maps are. They did mention lost sectors. They gave a little bit of detail. They don't want to say uh, treasure maps, so we'd, we'd only be speculating what the treasure yeah. maps are all about. Yeah, they mentioned them. That's um, it. But that, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued how they do the dungeon aspect in Destiny, and I'm intrigued if uh, these treasure maps or whatever this that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, curious what they have planned there mm-hmm. so yeah let, let's go ahead and close the conversation out about the gameplay reveal okay um news style anyway with regards to clans and connected games so for the longest time at least in this uh the presentation they mentioned that about 50 percent of people who played destiny um and got to the level cap remember not everybody got to the level cap but 50% of the people that got to level cap organized into a fire team and were able to complete a raid. They may not have experienced everything of a raid, but they have completed a raid. So in reality, we're looking at a very small portion of the community, less than 50%, most, most likely more than 50% of people who A, did not complete or did not get to level, excuse me, did not get to level cap. and weren't able to get into a raid. So that's a big portion of the community that Bungie wasn't serving. So their version of matchmaking is called connected games where your clan becomes the host of, of stuff such as nightfalls, doing strikes, going on patrol, doing a raid. If you want to open up your clan for connected games, you select that and you become a host. And then you both the person who's joining the connected game and your clan have to uh, agree to there's, there's a there's an, a, a message that pops up. You agree to do this, this and this. You know that this that you have to do this, this and whatever the whatever the message says. They haven't really, they only paraphrase it's, it's in game LFG. Right. But but there is an actual message, a disclaimer that pops up that you have to agree to. So mm-hmm. once you complete the mission, you guys can go on your separate ways. You guys can be added to your, add them to your friends list. You know, hopefully in time you add them to the clan, whatever. So th- there's going to be a lot of features for clans. We don't know too much about what that those features are. They haven't discussed much about that at the reveal, but they did mention that 
a form of LFG for activities is in game and you decide whether you want to be, you know, a force to bring people in or whether you, you don't want to be involved with that because not everybody wants to be able to or is capable, I should say, of hosting these people. You know, not everybody. I'm not trying to put people down, but there's not not everybody is able to effectively lead teams. Sometimes people don't feel comfortable doing that. So they may not be, want to be able to then they may not want to host activities that could do stuff like that. So you're given options and that's what I've always asked on this show. We want options to do activities in game. Yeah, um I don't have much else to add to that, but I'm pretty happy mm-hmm. to see that because the uh offsite LFG is very hit and miss and I think this will mm-hmm. give people a chance to uh a spread their wings as leaders or test the waters uh as leaders and hopefully bring the community together a little bit more quickly if you will mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean I, i'm definitely excited to see uh stuff like that Custom um bears. beyond that uh i mean the the only thing that we didn't really mention was we're going to touch on controversial things, and everybody has opinions on the next few topics. So we're going to try to present them as, as neutral as possible, okay? So with the games coming to PC and, and console, we already knew that there was going to be differences in terms of graphical quality. The... PC version is going to be uncapped when it comes to frame rate. It's going to have all the bells and whistles that you can possibly hope for. Um, it's just going to look fantastic on a PC. It's going to be an absolute monster on the PC. On console, because of... And, and we're only talking about PS4 Pro, PS4, and Xbox One S and below. So we're not talking about the possible Scorpio version because we don't have any information on Scorpio, nor was any information provided by Bungie at the event. We're only talking about the consoles that are out there right now. On console, the game will only run at 30 frames per second. And I say only with, with, you know, I'm not saying that that is like, you could do way better than that, but, but I'm just saying that it will only run at 30 frames. You don't have access to 60 frames. You don't have access to higher frames than that. It can run on 4K on the Pro. I don't know about Xbox Xbox One S. They didn't mention any of that. They only said on PS4 Pro, it can run at 4K, 30 frames per second. Now, there's a lot of people who are upset about that. Um, Luke Smith on Fireteam Chat mentioned that the reason for 30 frames per second on the PS4 Pro was because the PS4 Pro cannot handle going above 30 frames per second and doing all the other things it needs to do. The enemies, the sounds, the explosions, the the particle effects. This is a brand new engine that has a lot of stuff going on. It really shows this doesn't look like Destiny 1's engine. Like the, the enemies look absolutely fantastic, even at the 30 frames per second. Now, when different people were trying out the differences between PS4 Pro and PC, that's when people were like, wow, this game really feels like a different monster on PC. 
leading a lot of people to be unhappy at the PS4 Pro for being underpowered. Now, I'm of the belief. I'm gonna I'm gonna set you know put my my feelings in front. I'm of the belief that we should that any game makers should strive to at least get 60 frames per second as long as the game runs smoothly and without any hiccups. If there are clear hiccups, that can detract from the experience, and that's when you should push down to 30. Am I a little disappointed? I'm not going to lie. Yes, I am a little disappointed that it isn't 30 frames, uh, that it's not 60 frames per second on console, because I come from the experience, like, even a game that's not as graphically intensive, for example, Mario Kart on Wii, Mario Kart 7, was, if I'm not mistaken, 30 frames per second, and the second you went to Wii U, Mario Kart 8, and, and now the Switch, and it's running at 60 frames per second, like, it feels like a completely different game. It feels faster, more fluid, like, it's just more visually pleasing. Would I have been happy with, with 60 frames? Absolutely. Um, but I'm not going to beat the bush and say, like, oh, Bungie betrayed us, like, they shut up down. Like, if there's an actual reason why they couldn't put it out, we have to live with it. Yep. I agree. I'm more I'm more disappointed than anything in that there is no dedicated servers. Mm. And and I and and they did stress that at, at the show that they're going to be improving the I mean just having 4v4, which is something we didn't actually talk about on the show, PvP is going to be 4v4 versus 6v6. And that's going to cause a lot more Games to be able to teams oh, wow. are going to be able to totally organize forget faster. To that we talked about Crucible. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a big thing. Like it, it wow. like just having Our four bad. less players per game. That means that you're going to be able to find a group faster. The game, the conduction should be theoretically better, theoretically, and it's it, it, there's just going to be. If they do what they say that they're going to do with regards to the way matchmaking works, it should be a more fluid experience. However, I already know that when it comes to PvP, after a certain amount of time, people are going to play the game less and less. And it's going to become situations where you're going to have to get matched up against people around the world. Not that I don't want to match up with people around the world, but sometimes the connections aren't as favorable. And while at the beginning of the games, when Destiny 2 comes out, the connections are going to be mostly great, I'm more concerned of later on. So when that time comes, we'll see how it plays out. But I think that not having dedicated servers is a little bit of a disservice, especially when you're going to have the game released on PC and PC games that that you know they're very heavy into PvP. They're gonna a lot more of these games are heavily focused on that on that dedicated server to provide a great connection to your game. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure. Again, we're gonna have to see how it plays out. But I think out of everything, that's the thing that disappoints me the most. Then the 30 frames per second I can live with, as long as the game looks great. And actually performs great. I want to see great performance. Because if I'm seeing frame rate skips and, and, and issues and just... Th that's what detracts me or, or detracts an experience 
more than the 60 frames per second. So I'm not too bummed about it. I know people in the community are. We'll see how it goes, plays out. Um, the I think the other thing that concerns me too, and this is again only based on the gameplay reveal. This is not a review of the game. I'm kind of concerned that there wasn't enough variety with the older enemies. Um, we're still fighting minotaurs. We're still fighting hobgoblins. We're still fighting um, legionary and, 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 and whatever. They may have different abilities, but it reminds me of what happened with the Taken. We're fighting the same type of enemies with, with different abilities. I'm not... Again... I have to see more because I'm pretty sure that later on in the game we're going to be seeing different types of enemies and and the way they feel. But just based on what we've seen so far, it feels a little bit more of the same Destiny and not enough of a sequel. If that makes any, if that makes any sense. Again, I'm not busting the game down. I'm only based on what we've seen. I'm I'm just it gave me a little bit of a pause. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. It, uh, as awesome as everything looked, and there are tons of improvements that look like it's going to make the game more exciting, more fluid. There were a lot of similarities that sort of lend you to feel, or may lend the feel that it's like uh, just a continuation, not a whole new game. Um, mm-hmm. they, one of the things that I was thinking while I was watching this, and after I thought about it and let it sink in and try to remove myself from how excited I was. I started thinking that what we're really seeing is the destiny that we were meant to have. And that may be why some people will feel, and that's why we're discussing this now that it may feel like a, just a continuation, like sort of some of the same old, because we may be seeing a lot of what was meant to be in the first destiny that was cut out, you know, mechanically, uh software like mechanics um gameplay uh things uh stuff you know, all this all this story stuff some of this may have been meant to be part of the end of destiny one where that taking king ended up being the end mm-hmm. Are you, you know who knows we there was so much change you know bet- between the concept and release of destiny one that you know right. this could be the result i'm not necessarily complaining either because it looks really good. Mm-hmm. But I hope, I do hope that they have planned uh, additional enemy types and more truly new things for the game down the road. Hopefully this is just the introduction, something to introduce all the new mechanics, the new gameplay style, um, menus, AI, uh, UI, UX, all that stuff. And then they start bringing in all like truly new uh, enemy types and things like that. You know, right. it'd be, it, it, I don't mind them staging it out. I just hope it's coming. <laughs> right. I mean, one of the things that uh, Jason Schreier mentioned um, was that the European dead zone that we got in the game was only in PvP, but there was an entire section that was supposed to be completely bananas in Destiny 1 that was removed from Destiny 1, and a lot of the concepts were pretty much completed it just needed refinement, and and they were like, "This is the most fun section in the game. This is where like things are gonna go down. Like this is where things feel different." And that was completely removed from Destiny One, never reinserted. Um, so 
it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of those same concepts were reused. The area was expanded, become a lot larger, and they changed some things to make it more in line with a sequel. So whatever we get out of the new European Dead Zone, which is a new area in the game, like it's going to be a completely new experience. And, and I'm excited to see what that's all about. Um, yeah, I mean, right now, we don't know enough to really make a good determination of what the game's going to be like. What we saw was really, really exciting. I think it's safe to say we're all excited for this game. Um, I'm, there's a couple things that are giving us pause. But we're going to wait and see. Um, E3 is around the corner. We know that we're only going to get a little bit of information. Nothing major at E3. Um, most likely anything that really changes um, what we see in game isn't going to happen until at least around Bungie Day, which is July 7th. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about the rumor being that Bungie Day is going to signal... Uh, either the the beta being released of some sort or whatever the case may be. Um, so there's there's a lot of people excited for Bungie Day and what that means. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I don't have anything additional to add to the show. What about you? Any final thoughts you want to bring in? Yeah. Um, well, aside from Bungie Day, eh, Bungie Day, wow. Bungie Day, um, July 17th is also another date that people... Um, had thrown out there as a possible beta drop. And that's because of a little tidbit, possible Easter egg found in the gameplay where people noted that the amount of glimmer shown in some of the UI screens was 17177. So there's some food for thought. I don't know. Something random. Um lore is now in game. Um it was shown and noted, I believe, by uh my name is Bife, of course that you can actually uh, read lore in the game while you play. And that's part right. of your UI screen now, so that's pretty awesome. Um, right, you get more of the exotic item. Yeah, exactly. And I imagine there's more lore you can read. So it's in-game somehow. Uh, we'll probably have to wait to see details. It was just noted as being uh, in the UI, but I don't think we got any screenshots of someone actually clicking it and reading it. Um, Viced. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Viced is a new weapon foundry. If you watch the reveal, uh, either live or a replay of it, the uh, one of the gentlemen from Bungie, Mark Noseworthy, was wearing a t-shirt, a black t-shirt with the word Viced on it. That is a new weapon foundry. Um, and let me just double check my notes. We've mentioned, oh, did you guys know uh, Nessus is apparently a quote-unquote real planet or celestial being? I didn't know that. Um, you can check me on that, but I, 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 I've read that somewhere. So that, that could be an interesting tidbit. I wonder if that plays into the story somehow. Maybe strikes at home. And a oh, last thing I wanted to mention. Oh, let's do two. Um, apparently, we have uh, Siva Corrupted Fallen in destiny 2 still so well we don't know what they're like so fallen of some sort are in the game okay i see i believe i thought someone actually read somewhere that there were siva corrupted fallen listed as enemy types we'll we'll, we'll just go fallen of some sort for right now well, okay yeah there were well wasn't there like a four-armed drag picture or something that someone right yeah 
Yeah, I, I wasn't I, seeing yeah. corrupted, but I, 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 I had written down that people were seeing Siva corrupted form. So anyway, there's fallen in the game. Four armed dregs is interesting, and uh, I think we missed another big one. Maybe, um, maybe uh, we mentioned this really quick, but uh, intellect, discipline, strength effectively is gone, and they are moving to universal cooldowns for abilities. Did we mention that? No. The uh, I, the only reason I didn't mention it is because they haven't really given too much information. No, not a whole lot of detail, but it's worth mentioning because it's it is for the most part confirmed from what I understand. So, well, I don't want to say confirmed. Nothing's confirmed yet. Nothing's so confirmed. Just know that that the way that stuff works, including the armor recovery and um, agility, are going to be changing. So we'll see what that means in game. Um, nothing's been confirmed. Just know that that stuff is going to be changing. So before we end the show this week, uh, we do have our little section where we talk about the streamer of the week. And this week, it'll be Donkey King 726. You can check him out on twitch.tv slash Donkey King 726. You can add him on Snapchat at Donkey King 726. And you, you can check him on Twitter at Donkey King 15. Check, on, check him on there. See what he's like. Check out his schedule and watch him. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and close the show up. We want to thank you for listening to In Orbit. We're available on a ton of different platforms. So make sure you're spreading the word. The best way to do that is to share In Orbit with others. We're on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, and we have an RSS feed. Links are available for each platform right on the Mashos Buttons website at www.mashosbuttons.com. All right. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. And make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. Check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, twitter.com slash inorbit podcast, facebook.com slash buttons, youtube.com slash buttons. Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash imtbot and on Twitter at im underscore tbot. And you guys can find David, who's not on the show today, unfortunately, but he will be back next week at twitch.tv forward slash dsbolt. And you can also find him on Twitter. And his screen name is, bear with me one second, ds underscore bolt. And me, I'm available on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, go to NRG. That's G-O. The number two NRG. As always, you can contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at twitter.com forward slash inorbitpodcast. Make sure to contact us there if you want to be our featured streamer of the week. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls. Points and directs shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. 
We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jarrett, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show, and as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny.